It's time for the best 60 minutes of your life. This is the Homer Hour, broadcasting live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All studio at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. Alongside ESPN's John Anderson, here's Emmy Award winner Homer. We got to get that intro intro changed. Also known as seven, two and a half. That's got to be on the intro. (laughs) We'll work on that. John Anderson of ESPN, also affectionately known as seven, two and a half. You got to be great. Packers win. You got to be pleased. You're you're a tough act sometime. That old man sneaks into you, but I think you had to be impressed with the Packers. First off, we're going to change the open. I, I want Emmy Award winner too. I got a, I got a, I got a fistful of those things sitting around the house. Okay. So I need that. All right, good. I only got one. You know, what, you know what else has got me in a great mood is I pop into my car. Let us know uh, how the, many, the other day. how many Emmys you have, though, so we can be accurate. Uh, four national and one local. Okay. Um. I pop in my car. I'm just going to, to the mailbox. Got to drop some stuff down the U.S. mail. And my car is on just a random sports station on Sirius Satellite. And I pop in. And what do I hear? You for the last six minutes of the Creighton game. It was fa- So now I can't get out of the car. I got to sit there and wait to, to uh, mail the letters until I'm done listening to you. And I'd never heard of the zero footer. It's beautiful. I'm in. Yeah. Where do I sign up? For what? <laughs> I, I need a subscription service. I can't just leave this thing to chance anymore. Oh, Anyways. we'll take care of you. We'll take care of you. You want to listen? So you want to listen to Marquette games? Yeah, it was a great game. That uh, he has had so, such an effect on the school, and there's a uh, Marquette people are so proud of Shaka Smart and all the parts of him for Marquette yeah, basketball. He, he and his wife are fantastic. Yep. Uh, anyway, so that that was great. And then I, I feel bad that UConn's women, a.k.a. our girls, as they're affectionately known, you know, stomped Marquette they did. out. But anyway, it was big. It was big to hear that. And then, yeah, and then Sunday, they go, or Sunday night, they go and just light up the Vikings. That was crazy. Every bat, it was, it was the most complete game of the season. Like, I'm down to, the only thing I get to complain about is that Carlson missed another extra point. Other than that, like I, I got nothing. Like they were fantastic. Like that's the team. That's the team I'd been hoping to see all year. That I'd seen for a quarter. That I'd seen for a half. But I hadn't seen for a whole game. And there they were. What was the best part? Either player or play something. I like that the best players touch the ball the most. And and perform the best that Aaron Jones and Jordan Love, who I think have established themselves as the two best players on the team offensively, were allowed to play as much as they did. There were still some times where I think, why does Lafleur find something he really really works and then goes away from it, <laughs> you know, in the name of balance or whatever? Uh, but that was the best part. Like here's Jones, just he he was just uh, popping off uh, runs favorable down at distances Jordan who now everyone's like he'll dot six passes in a row and then he misses a guy by 10 yards which can be baffling but when he kind of gets uh in a good rhythm and a streak he's unbelievable and that was that was the best part I'm like okay here we have the two best offensive players and we're using them 
And in doing that, he made all the other people so much more effective. Kraft is really good. Bo Melton is catching 100 yards worth of passes. Uh, Reed, when he's in there for, he gets crunches. Like, it's just, if we can, if you can get those two guys, we get your two best players. You've seen that, right? Well, look, at, look at basketball. You get your two best players, it becomes so much easier for those other three guys on the floor. And that's what I thought was this game. The two best players were really good, and then it made the game so much easier offensively for every one of those other skill players. And but, then I feel like Joe Barry raised his record to like 5-11 and 11 on an 8-18. Eight and 18. That's... Just had to throw that in. No, Bo Melton. Nobody even knows he's on the team. <laughs> Who's that? That and you know that happens with the team that gets going. Just like everybody wants to be a part of it, and whoever is a part of it, good things happen. And how long ago was it? I I I I don't have never followed a team that has improved as much over the course of the year like the Packers. Remember the game when they didn't get a first down? Till almost the end of the first half? That was this Could, year. Couldn't score in the first half to save their life. And then and yes. then in those times, a couple of times the defense kept them close and, and then they, they'd find it. But they were now listen, it helped a bunch. I said this to, to the folks previously. It helped that the Vikings started a quarterback who I think literally I think I saw him in the Dr. Pepper challenge at halftime of a bowl game. Hey, and they took that kid. But don't and deny it. it Other people that have performed in that event did well against the Packers. <laughs> yeah, like I was going to say, like, before we heap a ton of praise on Joe Barry, the defense, because I don't want people to get crazy here. Like last week, remember, I'm like, don't forget, the Packers were great. And then the next week, Tommy DeVito got benched. Okay, this this week, the Panthers scored zero. Yes. They scored 30. <laughs> And then this year, they, so this week, they scored zero. Yes. So so I get that Barry's defense was better, and they were great. But, uh, you know, I, I, that's still – I'm not sure that that is a, um, that is a concrete foundation. I, I still feel like maybe that is some uh, – if I'm going to huff and puff and pull your house down, I don't know that's bricks yet. I think we might still be in some straw and some sticks. You, he has not yet gained your full confidence. How about Dude, that? He can he could shut out the next twelve opponents and wouldn't fully gain my confidence. Okay, so it's going to be. It's, I don't I don't know that that's uh, that that's going to ever happen. But uh, for a week, they've now set themselves up for what will be an unbelievable game at Lambeau against the Bears. Like, how excited are we? Like, I'm. I feel bad that I, I gave my uh, uh, sold my tickets to uh, my my podcast partner, the Inside Wisconsin Show podcast partner, Trevor. Because I feel like, you know, now I could really jack those things up. And, you know, it's nice when I'm a good guy, but I, I, I'd i rather be a, 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 a maverick and, and get loads of cake for them. But anyway, it's going to be a great game at Lambeau. What, what an atmosphere that's going to be on Sunday. I have said, not everybody's agreed, it's a great season if, if they lose to the Bears. It is a... It's the right word. I don't know. Great. great. It's not great. You have found a quarterback, which yep. is the most important thing in the NFL, even more so than ever before, as offenses have been favored. You have found a quarterback that you believe, with the proper team around him, could win a Super Bowl, correct? Absolutely. All right. Well, it's over. 
That's a million times more important than anything else. And I would add, you have found a group of receivers. You don't know which ones. There are so many that makes you even more confident of the offense you're going to see for the next five plus years, correct? It's almost an embarrassment how and everybody had I'm gone from yet. where they were. Thin. And oh, they have a chance to have the same record this year with those kids as they had last year with Aaron Rodgers. Sir, if that's not a great season, even if they lose, they have the same record as back Yeah. So you can take it from here and tell me where I'm wrong. And by the way, you won't be the first. <laughs> <laughs> So I listen that they have found the quarterback and that that is uh, it seems to be firmly established and without dispute is amazing, right? It is a quarterback league and there are it's quarterback start. I'm like right now, are there 12 teams that would uh, that are satisfied with their quarterback wouldn't take Jordan Love? Maybe, right? That's probably the outside. The other 20 teams in the league would probably take Jordan Lee, Jordan Love in a heartbeat. As they, as they look for a guy and see what he's done and what he's proven. So that's absolutely. I don't think getting yourself to this position and if you squander this opportunity Sunday, that it's a great season. It is a season of growth. It's a season of promise. It's a season of, um, of hope for the next one. But I don't think you can, you can miss on this opportunity. Right. What if you make Because I would tell you – what if you make this, the right? playoffs, but you don't have Jordan Love? You make the playoffs and you do it. Uh, Jordan Love gets hurt, and you, some, you find a way to make the playoffs, but you do not yet believe that you have the quarterback of the future. Well, but that's hypothetical. We feel like you know that that can't be taken back. Okay. We know we have the quarterback. You can't. Right. That's you know. But I would ask you this: If the Cowboys, the, when they had Troy Aikman, right? We just watched the Dog and Pony Show with with. Uh, Jerry Jones and Jimmy going to the Ring of Honor. I think they knew they had Troy Aikman and he could play. They won one game. He didn't win any of them. Do you Correct. think they thought that was a great season? Uh, because by your definition, they knew they found the quarterback. Well, like, yep, that uh, guy can well I'm ready to say yes, but you have a huge difference because that was the first player taken in the draft. The Packers were taking somebody who was late in the first round, and this was his fourth year. Uh, their expectation of Aikman was – what they saw and it hadn't changed. Mm -hmm. So uh, it didn't have they, to be a great season because they believed in him and knew he was good. And they found out quickly, even Correct. though, even though they didn't win it, he played that first year. Yeah. That was, that was sort of the big Packer gamble is okay. We've waited three years. What if this doesn't pay off? Then, then it looks like a, you know, but I, I had maintained to some extent, even if love had come out and laid an egg, Mm -hmm. that he was not a wasted pick because I think he inspired the last guy to win two MVP awards he would not have won if Jordan Love was not on the sideline. So I do think they pushed him to that. That they got that and what it appears to be a really, really good quarterback out of it makes those guys are uh, – that front office looks really good. That Tucker Kraft looks like that dude's a star and Musgrave's going to have to figure out how to get his job back. Um, and well, I think the same way at wide receiver. Yeah, that those guys, like you went from it's thin, we never draft a guy, it's never been a first round. Oh, by the way, not one of those people, first rounders. I know. All those are in the second. If we can get, if we get, if Watson can come back and play a little, because even when he's, if he's not great, he makes a difference. Yeah. With, with that speed, even if he doesn't have to, you know, catch a ball. But it is, it, it's amazing how that, what's the popular term? The receiver room 
has has flipped to where people are like, wow, that's that's a group with some ability. And let me uh, let you know that in 2018, he drafted Jamon Moore. In 2019, he drafted Jace Sternberger. In 2020, he drafted Josiah DeGuara. And in 2021, he drafted Amari Rogers. The same guy is now drafted after mm-hmm. those horrific selections, all very early, not first round, and now seems to hit gold on everything, even Bo Melton. Who they, who they just went, you know, he's not even our seventh-round pick. He was the Seahawks pick. Like, who's watching the Seattle practice squad that said, you know what, we oh. should grab that guy and put him our practice squad? By the way, I, what- I claim, and you may prove me wrong, that Bo Melton will be the answer to maybe the greatest Packer trivia question ever. <laughs> Who was the first 100-yard receiver for right. Jordan Love? <laughs> In 2023. Yeah. And recognizing that as time goes on, some of these receivers are going to be very good. So who is who is um who is uh who's Aaron Rodgers guy like that, right? Because Fars is Kittrick Taylor for a catch in the pass against Cincinnati. Oh, Rizel Martin. Who is the guy that he played guitar it, with? Uh is it so if Bo Melton is, is Love's guy, who is yeah. who is Rogers guy? Some, it was the guy who was afraid, became friends with Rogers, Ravel Martin, something like that. Ravel Martin, okay. I think um, uh, we'll ask uh, we'll ask uh, Rob Domowski. He'll remember. He, he might know that. He yeah. definitely he'll know. I can't remember yesterday. Um, <laughs> I'm so old, I can't remember what I can't remember. It's terrible. I, I'm so old. I tell people all the time. I remember. I can remember most every Packer game and play from when I was 12. And I, it's yes. hard to remember them from last week. Yes, that's that, that is common. Right. Um, right. Who did they play last week? Uh, uh, the purple team. The name uh, escapes me. I don't know who they are uh, when they come through. But I tell you what. And look at how the other Packer. Look how Favre and um, Rogers performed in their first game in Minnesota. Or even in their careers, that was, that was a house of horror. That this kid went in the first time, even if they were depleted. There were plenty of times the the you went into Minnesota and the Vikings looked wounded and they managed to play because it was the Packers. That he went in and played that well, hands down, so much better than either number four or number 12 in their first game in Minnesota was another thing which was really impressive that he came. By the way, if the Packers had asked me about Jamon Moore, who went to Mizzou, I'd have told him, don't draft him, he can't catch. Really? He's big. He's big, he's athletic, they get him, and I send my best buddy, guy was the best man at my wedding, guy I've known since I was in uh, five years old. I'm like, dude, he, he's like, what do you know about Jamon Moore? Um, I said, well, I know this, he can't catch. He's a big guy, and he'll make one of the most spectacular catches that you'll ever see, and then the next three, he'll just, he can't play. He he makes, uh, Jamon Moore made MVS look like he's got great hands. You must be right, because... Uh, he disappeared quickly. Uh, as you mentioned, Minnesota, that completed six games in which the Packers scored a grand total of six points in the first quarter. In the last six games in the first quarter, the Packers have scored 58. So much easier to play from in front, isn't it? Yeah. But how do you, when someone tells you that, what, uh, what's your answer? What do you say to them? I I hope that that is not um, 
just like a regression to the mean or some sort of statistical oddity. I hope it's like, hey, look, the coaching has taken effect. The coaches saw this doesn't work. This is what does work. Here are, again, what was our thing? Here are opportunities, uh, golden opportunities. What was the right word that, that LaFleur said that are finally being taken? Uh, something looks. What was it? They had pristine looks or they had uh, super Oh, that's good right. Looks. Yes. That, Great. That, that, they weren't taking that he, advantage of. That they have coached their way through, that the film sessions or the practice and the play calling has caught up to like, here, we are now taking advantage of these good looks that we are getting and we are making them pay off. We're, we're making the other team uh, pay for, for giving us those opportunities. So hopefully you'd like to think in the best case scenario that what's happening here is coaching and development and growth, which is what you want, as you said, week one to week. 17 or 18 or whatever. I hate that it's always one off. Um, but, you know, as you said at the top of the show, like, have you ever seen a team that's gotten better, right? That it's nice that um, that they've made it. I think what's strange is it With is not the been same people, all same people. young, six mm-hmm. weeks after being so bad. And uh, maybe you can come yeah. up with one and it's possible there, but I, I uh, and a young quarterback, uh, it, I don't, I don't think it happens, and they've done it. And it's, and it's kind of it's remarkable because it hasn't been like a steady incline. It's been more steps, right? We kind yes. of level off, and then we go up, and then we settle. But it it is it's worked to the point that you've got a quarterback that is going to end up in the Pro Bowl, um, whatever that Pro Bowl is now. I don't even really know. They play touch football or something. Um, but because somebody's going to opt out, and somebody's going to be the blast, so he's going to go to a Pro Bowl. Yep. That'll be good. Go hang around great people. So you, you, you've got that that you've come out of there with and you've got a chance to go to the playoffs despite kicking it against the giants and looking terrible against the uh, Buccaneers. So I guess in some way, Homer, you might even be like, like at least you've got a game with that kind of weight to it, right? Like it may not actually be the playoff game, but it's got a ton of weight to it. Like it did last year with the, with the lions, but it's, it's, it's heavier for this team that is young and hasn't done it before than it was with an Aaron Rodgers team. Um, so I guess in some way this is, if not a play playoff game, it's play in, which counts a lot, and will test to see kind of where they are in terms of um, handling the pressure of something like this. Because the Bears come in and the Bears are pretty good. Like if you lose this game, you have the same record as the Bears. Yes, you'll both be eight and nine. And their season has so. been identical to the Packers. They were horrible early, own four, one and five. Quarterback was horrible, and they're playing well. And their defense unlike the Packer defense, has been very good. So, no, yeah, they, they, they go to the ball. Yeah, they if if the Packers lose, it could be as much as a result of the Bears playing as well as they are as anything to do with the Packers. And as I said, uh, to me, if they lose, then then in the world that I've learned about current athletes, you you, you need to have you need to have that uh, lack of respect. You need to have. You just uh, you know, like if Washington wins the national, it's because because there's no respect. They got the chip on their shoulder. Even if there's no damn chip, they make up a chip, and so the Packers will have a chip if they lose this last game to the Bears. Right? They'll have somebody's got to be disrespected. Damn yeah. it! Yeah. <laughs> yes, everybody through. in every game. Right. Uh, yeah, but uh, listen, it, it, to to come through, and if you finish. Again, I I hate to kick this away because I do think there's a huge difference between even though the parallels are shocking with Detroit coming in last year, Packers this year, 
the opponent coming in hot, the Packers trying to get into the playoffs, that whole thing. Uh, I think they're two totally different scenarios in terms of where that team is in its in its development yes. uh, when they come through. So, um, but it will, yeah, it would be if they lose, then yes, you can totally be disrespected and you have to come through. But to, if they come through and have exactly the same thing as they did a year ago with a guy who was a surefire absolute Hall of Famer mm-hmm. and a guy who's in year one, that that's certainly impressive. Just don't squander the opportunity because then it can't be a great season. Then it's growth, development, positive, good vibes. It's just not a great season. Quarter two with John Anderson of ESPN, five-time Emmy Award winner, and most impressively, I mean, when they hear you win five Emmys, they go, not surprised. When they hear seven, (laughs) two and a half, no way. No way. That's my new nickname for you. No way. (laughs) But, But the truth is way. Quarter two next. More of the Homer Hour coming up next on 94.5 ESPN. This is the Homer Hour on 94.5 ESPN. Victory Monday is brought to you by Palermo's Pizza, Wisconsin's hometown pizza. With delicious brands like Palermo's, Connie's Urban Pie, and Screaming Sicilian, Palermo's has your game day covered, every day covered. Find Palermo's in your local grocer's freezer. Looking for lab-grown diamonds? They're real diamonds. Learn about it. True. Robert Hack Diamond sells them at crazy prices. Two-carat total-weight diamond studs for $999. Robert Hack Diamonds can get any size, shape, or clarity in natural or lab-grown diamonds. Don't buy. Go wherever you want. Fine. Just make sure you go to Robert Hack Diamonds. Then you'll see more for less and go, wow. Homer knows what he's talking about. $999 for a two-carat pair of diamond studs. Robert Hack Diamonds, Greenfield and Birdfield. RobertHackDiamonds.com. With John Anderson of ESPN, five Emmys, four national, one local, and high jump, seven, two and a half during his career at Missouri. All right, the Packers, of all that's occurred, Rob Domowski coming up very short. This will be a shorter second period, second quarter. The biggest surprise of all that has occurred in this season by the Packers, what has really surprised you the most? Uh, how good Jordan Love has been and how bad the defense has been. That, that There's the yin <laughs> and the yang there. No, like if you just no, thought I that just... they were year three under this guy, they'd know their way. They've got a bunch of them. Um, I don't know what to think because, you know, Stokes just appeared for a moment. It's gone. I'd be curious to see what they're going to do Sunday with, with uh, Jair Alexander. I'm not playing him. But, I'm just letting you know. But, I don't think so either. I told somebody I think it's doubtful. I don't I don't think at this point you can put him on, especially as well as kind of everybody played there uh, the other day. Uh, but I do think that Jordan Love being this good this early is, right, we were looking for signs. We were looking for promise. We were looking for, yes, this guy can be the guy. And I think you walk out of here instead of having a period at the end, at the end of that sentence, Jordan Love can play, it's an exclamation point. And I think that's, that's the biggest – Surprise, and part of that is because you waited three years to see it, and you know you kind of wished it, um, but to actually see it and have it tangible, uh, I think is the biggest uh, surprise. Is that that is like I, I don't know who might fall to them, but like quarterback right now is not a position on your draft board, and that's and it's it is it. God knows how many other places and how many other teams. 
Yeah, it's defining teams. And that, that Bears are trying to figure it out. I'll I'll defer to you. Mm-hmm. Is is he going to be the guy to get the uh, you know, does the president, I mean, they, did they get rid of the coach, the GM? Did they get rid of the quarterback? You got a new president? Those weren't his guys. I, I mean, my point is, that's the whole thing. They're talking about yeah. that, understandably so. And for Green Bay, nah, what's what's next on the list? Check. Next on the list. Yeah, the bear thing uh, The bear thing is curious. Um, and I'm torn. Like, I think Fields has played probably well enough. But I think Greg Olson had a really great comment. If it's not what you think, where you think you are with Jordan Love, and you're like, yes, he's it, we move forward. If you're not, mm-hmm. you could probably get a little something for him. If you draw, if you if you draft Caleb Williams first, because he's the quarterback that's sitting there. If nothing else, what you do is you reset the clock on that contract for your quarterback. You don't have yep. to make a decision on fields. Do I have to invest that kind of money in him for the next four years? And anymore, that's a really practical and really um, a real part of the business because that's what the quarterback demands now. It takes up so much, such a percentage of your salary cap. So if you are not absolutely dead fire sure, and it, it doesn't even become that much of a indictment of, of of Fields in that he didn't just become the superstar. You're just like, here, you might get to be a superstar somewhere else, but if I can pull a third round and take Caleb Williams – and I restart that rookie contract, then it might be worth it. And, and, and I think Fields might get priced out of this, even though his ability might say you got to give him another year or two. Yeah. And I'm in that meeting, and I say, it's possible that Caleb Williams might be as good as Fields is now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I yeah, can't guarantee yeah. it, but that's, that is part of the discussion, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're like, here's a guy that has been in a system that's been this way. He is not, you know, because as great as it is that he can move around and he can run, uh, I don't know that he runs quite like Lamar Jackson, who can take care of himself. And that's mm-hmm. just a risky proposition in the NFL. I like that you got guys that can be mobile and do some things. But even as good as Lamar Jackson is, why is he better this year? Because they're like, dude, just stay in the pocket. Like, Running for 1,300 yards is impressive, but it's not a way to stay in the league for a while. You know, you don't get to, he's not going to play till Tom Brady at 46 or Drew Brees, whatever he was, 52. You're not playing that way if you keep getting on the wrong side of the line of scrimmage. So I can see where the Bears have, uh, a, they have a hard decision to make and what they're going to do there. And I think any of those, when it becomes a really hard decision, the easiest way to justify that is to make it a financial decision. And it doesn't seem like a personnel decision. We don't feel like we don't like the guy. We don't have this. We just say, hey, here's a chance to redo that. So, uh, But you never know. He, if he rolls into Green Bay and decides that he wants to light him up and get him eight and nine. I think Eberflus has shown that he has that team. He, you know, Early on, they weren't great. Uh, and they didn't finish some games where they were up 10, 12, 14 points. Mm-hmm. They've managed to do that. They've still had some scary finishes, but they've managed to at least finally find their way to the four zeros on the clock. So he's going to be around, he, he, you know, and he, listen, it was only year two. But he, I think he's established himself. The GM there has, has done that. Yeah, and I, I don't know that um, – uh, why is the name escape me? The, Warren, the, the president? Came, yeah, from the Big Ten yeah. that came over. I Listen, right now I don't think that's his – I think he's probably still more worried about where what what's my stadium deal. Mm-hmm. And I think my coach and my GM are fine. I feel like they've they've shown market improvement. Uh, they've won seven games from whatever they were. It was, you know, number 
close to being the number one pick. Um, so I think they are uh, – I'd be curious to see if they keep it, what they do with that, because I think you could parlay that into something and still find your way to to um, get Marvin Harrison or the neighbor's kid from LSU. But, yeah, I, th- I think Warren's more worried about finding a stadium deal than he is his quarterback and his GM. As requested by John Anderson, 68 himself, Rob Demosky of ESPN.com. 68 because he shot that in the first round of a club championship. That would be three under 68. What percentage of golfers never shoot under par in their life for a single round? What'd you say, 95? Oh, I'd say 99.6. Yeah, maybe that should be his new name, (laughs) 99.6. Rob Domofsky, <laughs> we'll figure out the number next. The Homer Hour is back after this on 94.5 ESPN. You're listening to The Homer Hour on 94.5 ESPN. Saganiac Planning, named synonymous with employee benefits and top-notch service, and I left out, I apologize, now over 50 years doing it well, family-owned for 50 years. That's how you can be so good. Simplify confusing insurance decisions. Come up with stuff like level-funded health insurance experts. Yeah, you can do that when you've been doing it well for over 50 years. So take two, Saganiac Planning, a name synonymous with employee benefits, top-notch service, and been doing it well for over 50 years, small enough to handle your needs with special attention, large enough to have the clout to make it happen. A phone number you can remember, 262-783, Roger Maris, Roger Maris, 6161. Joining us now is Rob Domofsky of ESPN.com. We're not sure if he's 68 or John Anderson just suggested you might be 99.8 as that's the percentage of golfers who never break par in a round in their life. Would you uh, have a percentage that you would like to throw out? Mine was like 96, but I think I think it's more. it's higher than 99. That that break par or never break par, yeah, I, never break it's probably, par. It's probably higher because I believe Homer. I saw this stat one yes. time that um, only ten percent of the people who play golf can even break a hundred. So, like now, that's a lot of people who play golf, right? And yeah, if you play golf one time, you're probably counted in that. But um, so yeah, I've yeah. So I'm going to lead with uh, John Anderson's number. All right, seven, two and a half. Take it away. Your guest is on, Rob Domofsky. Fire away with your questions. Well, first I'm going to tell you that I, I've had golf coaches tell me that if you actually play by rules, half the people that shoot 70 can't break 80. If you actually, yeah, that's you know. probably true. If, yep. Yeah, if you actually play by the letter of the law when they come through. Uh, well, we're, <clears> playing for, we're playing for money at our course. Not a lot, so everyone's watching everything. So we, Yeah, we that it was in a club championship. That was in a club championship. All right, tell me, uh, make a case that the win on Sunday was not the biggest Packer win on New Year's Eve day since the Ice Bowl. (laughs) Uh, Well, the last New Year's Eve day game that I can even remember was 2006 in Chicago uh, when they won the game, but we all thought that that was Brett Favre's last game with the Packers. You remember that game at Soldier Field? He was taking pictures on the field with his offensive linemen, um, they were, uh, they, they were posing and we all thought, well, this must be the end for Brett. So, uh, but yeah, this, as far as I, I don't have the full list of New Year's <laughs> Eve day games in front of me or, or did I even think of that? But, uh, for right now, uh, yeah, it's, that was huge because, you know, it set this all up, John. And like, I mean, 
Look, when yeah. they were two and five, when they were two and five, you know, I'd love to go back and Max can play, you know, the, the, the shows from the, the, those weeks or those days. And I would never, never would have thought that we'd be sitting in this position watching this team have a chance to, you know, win and get in and, and need no other help. If it is possible, can I make this game bigger than just you beat the Bears and get in? And by that I mean I feel like LaFleur has to show he can win the last big game at Lambeau Field. Detroit, San Francisco the year before that, Tampa the year before that. Like I feel like he needs this in a lot of ways. Yeah, I I see where you're going with that, and I I think there's definitely some validity to it. I I do tend to think that each – season is sort of its own entity and this one is huge because look you know we can all sit here and say if they finish eight and nine that well they, they, they at least they found out that Jordan Love was their guy and that's was, what I'm was, saying well and and I definitely think that was the most important thing to this season Homer but now that you're in this position and think of the benefits long term if they win this game and get into the playoffs regardless of what happens in the playoffs they will have already gotten Jordan Love a game of playoff experience, um, which you can say, well, it's just one game. What does it matter? Well, maybe ne- if they get in this year and lose or win one game and lose to the next round, then when they're back in this position again and they're a higher seed and, and the expectations are there, they, they've already, they will have already experienced this. They will have not had to go through this the first time. I mean, I still look back to you know that first playoff game that Aaron Rodgers played, even though they lost that game in Arizona, I think 51 to 45 in the 09 uh, wildcard round, Mm -hmm. that game was hugely important for the future of Aaron Rodgers because everybody went into that off season going, all right, now they got in once Rodgers played really well after some early turnovers. It was kind of a fluke ending um, with, with the strip sack fumble recovery at, at, at the end, but man, they got in, he played well and now let's go from here, and we all know what happened after that. I'm glad people are coming away, uh, coming around in my way of thinking last week in saying that that is you can't squander the opportunity to get in the playoffs. Yeah. And I think to and some degree they get – This is and, and to some degree this game gets to be a pressure tester too, right? Like I think there's benefits to this game at 8-8 eight and eight to – um, it's not a playoff game, but there's a lot of weight to this thing. And as I had expressed to home early, there's weight to this in a improving and growth franchise as to last year where you're like, okay, you win. But you know, that, that was a, you talk about two teams looking at two different uh, oh. being in two different stages, right? The games yeah. are almost parallel, but these are two teams in two totally different stages of development. Yeah. And that's why this year, I think, you know, it, it could be different, and, and I wrote a piece on ESPN.com that ran this morning kind of laying that out a little bit. Um, you know, last year's team was pretty dependent on one or two guys, right? Like, and this team, this team may fare better in this situation because they're not dependent on one or two guys. I mean, sure, Aaron Jones is hugely important, and his return has been massive to this team. But as we've seen when they've had injuries at these different receiver and tight end spots, other guys have been able to perform and play well. Um, whereas, you know, last year it was basically if Rodgers doesn't play well, then they're not winning that game, right? And, and, and he didn't really, you know, he didn't have a go-to guy. He really didn't have many guys at all. Maybe Christian Watson was the only one last year that you thought could win a game for him at that position. 
Um, you know, and, and I, while I think there's still some inconsistencies, I st- Romeo Dobbs still drops too many passes. Christian Watson still plays in too few games because of injuries. They have some mm-hmm. options there that if one guy's not going well, they can still win the game. Now, what we haven't talked about is the defense, and I still, I still don't think that whatever happens, barring they, they shut out like the next four teams and they go to the Super Bowl, I still think they need to make a change at defensive coordinator and with the whole maybe even relook at what kind of scheme they're running and all that. Um, so that, that could still bite them, and they're still the only team in the NFL, I believe, that has allowed four teams to rush for 200 yards against them. I don't know if there's another team in the league that has allowed the maximum passer rating to a quarterback uh, this year. So there's still some major warts on this defense. So uh, first off, you're nicer than I is. Uh, I am. I told Homer it had to take 12 straight shutouts before I thought it would uh, get Barry on the hook <laughs> instead of just four. <laughs> yeah. How, uh, by the way, when was the first time that you talked to Bo Melton? Like it's, he can't be a guy's locker you're at every day. No, I, I think I talked to him in training camp one time um this year and it was it was maybe a quick thing after one of the more marquee practices where he had a catch um I, I definitely didn't need to look at the nameplate like I, I I went to the locker room and I I did have enough uh knowledge of him that I could do it by facial recognition and not have to look Good. at the nameplate and the number above his locker which I will fully admit there have been times over the years where you know even in even with teams that you know I had been around the whole season I had to ask, hey, who is this guy? Or, hey, where's, where's Bo Melton? Let's tell you a real quick funny story, and I don't mean to pick on Mark Daniels, a, a longtime radio guy here, because he's, 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 he's very good. incredible. Yeah, he has incredible institutional knowledge. But last year when they uh, plucked him off of, um, who's, was it Seattle's practice? Seattle, I, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, uh, he, he tweeted that the Packers signed Mo Belton, not Bo Melton, Mo <laughs> Belton. Better uh, than Bo uh, Derrick. Yeah, well, so in our in our little oh. group of uh, beat writers, we do we do pay, p- poke fun of. Uh, hey, did anybody talk to Mo Belton today? <laughs> All right, who was the guy that Rogers made to? I said Rizel Martin or Ravel. That uh, John, you had mentioned for Favre, it was uh, the guy who caught the pass against Cincinnati. Right, Patrick Taylor. Taylor. Right, and that, yeah. and, and then Melton is is kind of will be the the obscure guy that did something for love. Who's the obscure guy in in Aaron Rodgers' early well Packers? Th- th- this isn't uh, this isn't a receiver, but how about Spencer Havner, the tight end? I believe he sure. is on the list of people that caught touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers, and it's a it's a long list, uh, but but I believe Spencer caught one or two of them from Aaron Rodgers. So I, I, that's the first one that comes to mind. Um, I think Ravel Martin actually went on to play for uh, a couple other teams and, and had sort of a career. So he's now. too good to qualify. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> you better tell that's... Bo, you better not do much. Or Mo. Yeah. Or yeah, Mo, or whichever Mo. one. Yeah, I like uh, that. <clears throat> what, what do you think uh, they do with Jair Alexander this week? Great question. Oh, oh that is a great question. Um, you know, based on the sound of, of everything that came out of last week, assuming he's healthy and able to play, he will play. Uh, maybe talked about Talker. how great the meeting was and how, how they came to an understanding and that they look forward to having him back on the team this week. Uh, so in that case, they'd probably play him. Now, should they? Whew, I mean, it, it, it's hard to say no to, to putting him out there, but they've 
performed really well with this group of guys, 37, 35, 25, those three corners against some pretty good teams. Now, last week was not a, a pretty good offense, not a pretty good quarterback, uh, despite the receivers that they have. But that group has done – that group's played against Kansas City. That group's played against Detroit uh, and had some success. So I, I think it'd be a hard, it's going to be really hard to uh, tell one of those guys – uh, and it would probably be Corey Ballantyne, and he's the one who had the interception last week. It'd be really hard to tell one of those guys, hey, you're out because Jair's back in. Rob, appreciate it. Hard to believe, but we might be a little bit behind. First time. All right, guys. <laughs> have a good one. We'll be Thanks. seeing you. Fisco Auto Body. It's a family business owned since 1931. It's not what they do. It's who they are. That's how they're so good. They've been doing it so long by the time they do it for you. It's easy. They may not say it, but their quality of work. We'll prove it. Fisco Auto Body on Forest Home in Franklin. Fisco Auto Body on Forest Home in Franklin. You go there, you like them, and you like me. Helps my image, too. I admit it. Fisco, Fisco, Fisco to remember the name. Fourth quarter with John Anderson next. More of the Homer Hour coming up next on 94.5 ESPN. You're listening to the Homer Hour on 94.5 ESPN. With John Anderson of ESPN, five-time Emmy Award winner for National. Victory Monday is brought to you by Palermo's Pizza, Wisconsin's hometown pizza with delicious brands like Palermo's, Connie's Urban Pie, and Screamin' Sicilian. Palermo's has your game day covered. Find Palermo's in your local grocer's freezer. Discount liquor Twitter poll question with John Anderson can answer now. Will Jair Alexander play for the Packers against the Bears on Sunday? Well, who am I to go against Rob Domofsky? I was thinking the if, same if thing. If, if he, like, I feel like if you're looking for insider information, I feel like that's your guy to come to you with. I'm it. with you on uh, that. I say yes. Yeah. I think if he says it's so, I, you know, it's, uh, I, I feel like he's wired in enough to know that if that's the case. And listen, if he plays like he did against the Rams, great. If he plays against, like he does against uh, Carolina, well, then not as great. Uh, I did see they silently. Sadly, I mean, it wasn't a giant thing, but they put Stokes back on the IR. Correct. He's um, done. So hopefully that guy, hopefully that guy gets right. Listen, that's a hard thing to come back from in a year. Yeah. Unless you're Aaron Rodgers. I don't, I don't do think he'll like ever that. play again for the Packers. Four weeks again. But, you we'll know, see. Aaron Rodgers would have come back. He would have come back in four weeks. Um, but not not this guy. So, yeah, I, I think he's there. Um, and he'll be tested because the Bears – uh, you know, DJ Moore, they've got some guys that can catch. The bigger part is, you know, this is the old stay in your lanes, man, because if 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 uh, Fields gets loose, that guy can run around and he can wreck people uh, if they're not careful. As far as talking with John Anderson, as far as Matt LaFleur, your view of him as a head coach now versus your view of him when the season started? Um... As the season started, I think I'm back where he is. I think he's a pretty good guy. There was when they were two and five, I'm like, okay, wait, you were supposed to be the play call. You're supposed to be making, you know, this easier for people. And you're supposed to be, um, you know, accentuating the best players you have. And I didn't think he was doing that. Uh, as it comes through now, I think, wow, okay, it looks like he's done a very nice coaching job, a very nice developmental job. Like, I would love to get that we should, this would be a great thing to talk to Rob at the end. Again, we missed you like what Tom Clements has meant to this Jordan Love character, because I don't think there's any doubt that he's had a huge impact on his development. Um, so right now, uh, favorable. And if he brings him in, I'm like, all right, this guy is 
he's he he can coach ball and he can develop guys and it'll be uh i think a real uh, merit badge for him on the sash if he if he can get this team into the playoffs for sure how much does it factor in that they're playing the bears or it's is it simply winning the last game and making the playoffs well, you would hope it means a bunch, right? Like, I think you can't be a really good Green Bay Packer and not know that this is important, that it's not playing Carolina or even take a good team. I don't care. It's not playing the Cowboys. It's not playing the 49ers. It, it, this is the Bears, right? Like, and, and I think they got I don't the picture know what that young players. I don't know what the current players That's, think. Yeah, I hope they do, right? Like, but and, and I think, I don't know, I would like to know what you feel here real quick. Uh, because I feel like as much as the Bears still suck and the whole cheer and the whole thing, I think ultimately there is some respect there because they are an original franchise like the Packers and George Hallis where people I think just straight out hate the Vikings. There's no any excuse to like the Vikings whatsoever. I think that's gotten more hatred and more bitter in the last four decades than it has with the Bears. But you hope these guys, you hope LaFleur is front, you know, listen, I don't care if there was nothing on the line. This is a team you need to beat because they're the Chicago Bears. So yeah, I, I don't know what they think, but boy, I hope I hope someone is instilling that into them that it's important for no other reason than it's it's the fellows that you know sing Bear Down Chicago Bear. You've been pretty good with your predictions. I there's no way you're gonna predict anything other than a pack of win. I don't think that's my insight. <laughs> I'm no Rob Demosky. There's no way seven two and a half on his show yeah. at this time is gonna pick the Bears, even if he thought the Bears were gonna win. Yeah, listen, when I went back to the Viking or for the Lions game and I was at home and you're like, okay, uh, you can't pick against the home team because you just look like a jerk, even though you thought the Lions were better and probably gonna win the game. Uh, the Packers are the better outfit. They're playing better. They need to win the game, and they should win the game. And if they don't, oh, you, I do think no. it will be short. I do think it'll be a shortcoming that they won't stop uh, Fields running it very well. Or again, somebody will come out and scheme the first or second half opening drive, which they may. I, I know what else. They Packers you know? lose. We're gonna have so. to lower your mic next Tuesday. Thanks, John. No, no, no. We're oh, good. you will not go. It will not. You will not handle it well. That's we'll my go prediction. Quietly. All right. We'll Thanks. go quietly. Looking for a lab-grown diamond? Robert Heck Diamond sells them at crazy prices. Two carat total weight diamond studs for nine hundred ninety-nine dollars. Robert Heck Diamonds can get any size, shape, or clarity in natural or lab-grown diamonds. Lab-grown diamonds are like natural diamonds. Yes. Don't buy until you call Robert Heck Diamonds. Go wherever you want. You go there, you'll get more for less. $999 for a two-carat pair of diamond studs. Robert Hack Diamonds, Greenfield and in Brookfield, and then roberthackdiamonds.com. Thanks to John Anderson. Seven, two and a half. Please, Packers win. It will not go well next Tuesday if they lose. We're going to Pato next, right? Ooh, that's going to be good. Gary Ellis and Greg Matson, a special Tuesday Monday show. I got it. Next. Surrounded.